So, what are the voices that shape you? What are the voices that you really listen to? That feels like a very important question in these days of pandemic. I think about days and nights and hear so many different voices. There's all the voice about the scientific data to keep up with. There is the 24-hour news cycle. And lately it has lots of unrest and rioting in these days in response to George Floyd's death. There's social media voices and that's post and tweets and podcast and it's about everything and it's all the time so much information so much misinformation and we all have to be careful not to be overwhelmed but i want to press this a bit further what are the voices that you listen to really what are the forces what are the powers that shape your life You've no doubt seen uh, those images of people who have a devil on one shoulder and an angel on the other, each seeking to influence them. Or maybe you've heard uh, that Native American parable about how we each have two wolves inside of us. One wolf is calm and loving and kind and peaceful and full of self-control. And the other wolf well, it's raging and angry and greedy and mean and often out of control. And the little boy asks his wise grandfather, which wolf wins inside of us? And the wise grandfather replies, the one you feed. I know there are voices in my own head that tempt me to give into hatred, especially when racial injustice leads to another tragic video and a horrible death of a black man on the street. We're tempted toward hatred and disgust. There are other voices in my head, I admit, that make me equally disgusted and perhaps totally indifferent and detached as the political turmoil spins and spins out of control. There are other voices in my head that sometimes encourage pride or encourage selfishness or encourage greed or some other negative traits. And then maybe many of us hear those voices that go back to some wounded season of our lives that might still shape us these kind of voices you're not good enough you get what you deserve you're too fat too slow too old too young too weak too whatever you should try this or you should just get over that voices voices Today is Pentecost. 
Today we celebrate the coming of the Holy Spirit into life, into the church, into the world. And the colors are red everywhere around the sanctuary today. The celebration of the Holy Spirit, the coming of the Spirit, intends to be bold and bright and strong and beautiful. We are shaped by the voices that we listen to. And if we're not careful, we're powered and empowered by all those voices that I was talking about. If we're not careful, even as we seek to be faithful Christians, Christ-like people in the world, we maintain a sort of spiritual deficiency. You have, I'm sure, some sense of being sleep-deprived or nutrient-deprived or maybe lately socially deprived, and those states can all be problematic for us. We lose our equilibrium. We lose our focus. And if we're not careful, our spiritual lives can become a bit anemic. We try to live on our own strength. We try to live by our own wisdom, but it doesn't get us very far. And it certainly doesn't often line us up with the way God made us to be, spirit-filled people. Yet God gives the Spirit to melt us, to mold us, to fill us and use us for faithfulness, for courage, for discipleship, for life following Jesus. The Spirit comes to empower us, shape us in that way. Listen to the story of Pentecost and the disciples. It comes from Acts 2. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly, from heaven, there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each one of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. And the question came, what does this mean? Are these people filled with new wine? And dropping down to verse 14, But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk. As you suppose, for it's only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So the word spirit appears in the Bible about 500 times. In the Old Testament, the Hebrew word usually translated spirit is ruach. In the New Testament, the Greek word is pneuma. The words ruach and pneuma have multiple meanings like breath, air, wind, and of course, Spirit. So whenever the words ruach or pneuma appear in the scriptures, the translators have to decide based on the context 
what word to use. Is it wind, air, breath, or spirit? And if it's spirit, should it be capitalized? Because it's clearly God's spirit, the Holy Spirit, that is mentioned here. That's what they have to figure out. Well, in the opening words of Genesis, which is about who created the whole world, it says a ruach from God swept over the face of the waters. Is it wind of God? Is it breath of God? Is it spirit of God? I think the point is clear. In the beginning, God was present. In the beginning, God was at work. God was making new things happen through God's Spirit. And God remains at work. God keeps making new things happen. That's what the whole Bible is about. God, God at work. God giving life. God nurturing people. God showing the way to God's new creation. The reign of God always and everywhere. God nurturing a people for God's purposes always and forever. And then on Pentecost, we see it again in the story that I just read. And it's very vivid and very powerful. The Spirit blows in like a violent wind and it covers life and it touches hearts and it changes people and it empowers people and it points them in bold, beautiful, new ways. Whenever we speak about the Holy Spirit of God, we're always speaking about God active and at work in our lives and in the world. We're thinking about God's ways of leading us and loving us and guiding us and forming us and taking care of us and shaping us. It's all about the Holy Spirit at work. When we talk about the Holy Spirit, we are reflecting on God's power and God's presence to comfort, to encourage, to make us into God's people, the people God wants and expects us to be. The Spirit is the voice of God. The Spirit is the power of God whispering, wooing, beckoning us, and enlisting to this voice and this power. Being shaped by this voice and this power, we find that we become most fully and faithfully human. All that God intends us to be by the Spirit. One of my professors, Dr. Shirley Guthrie, once spoke of the Holy Spirit in a way that made a deep impression on me. He said that anywhere that you see goodness prevailing over evil, anywhere that you see light chasing away darkness, anywhere that you see healing emerging, hope prevailing, anywhere you see love instead of hatred, justice instead of injustice, faith instead of fear, collaboration instead of competition, care instead of callousness, that. That is the Spirit of God at work. The Holy Spirit is everywhere, the giver and renewer of life. The Spirit of God is present, always at work to move us, move the community, move the whole world closer to God's justice and God's joy 
God's healing, God's wholeness, God's unity, God's peace. So our job, our calling, our lives as spirit-filled people is to be aligned always and forever with those powerful and important purposes of God toward God's full reign. The Spirit is nurturing us, leading us, guiding us always in that way. Great preacher and mentor William Sloan Coffin once wrote that the world has tried in two ways to get rid of Jesus. First, by crucifying him. Second, by worshiping him. Jesus doesn't ask us to worship him. Jesus says, follow me. Faith is a matter of being faithful. Faith is a matter of living as a servant, a disciple of Jesus. It's not believing without proof. It's having our lives aligned with Jesus' life. It's committing as much as we can to as much of God that we can believe in. Committing means acting, doing, going, giving. Committing means allowing the Spirit of God to melt us, mold us, fill us, use us, and then striving to follow Jesus in the ways of love and justice, healing and care, peace and hope all our days. You know, it's so easy to become numb. It's easy to become bitter. It's easy to feel tired, jaded, It's increasingly easy to just roll our eyes at the world, check out, because we feel we can't do anything about the major issues. COVID-19, what can we do? Racial injustices, police brutality, the constant tweets from the White House, the growing disparity between the haves and the have-nots. We can easily feel overwhelmed and discouraged. But all the talk of the Holy Spirit, the celebration of of Pentecost, the arrival of the Spirit, the rush of this mighty wind from heaven, the transformation that we see, all of that intends to remind us to wake up through the Spirit. God is at work. God is present. God is powerful. God will not let us go. God is continually shaping us and moving us in the Spirit's work to align our lives with God. Rachel Held Evans speaks about it in this way. We as Christians, as Spirit-filled people, live in an unfinished story, a story that began with the Ruach of God hovering over the primordial waters at the beginning of time and a story which took a dramatic turn when Jesus came and lived among us. We share our story with Jesus and Mary Magdalene and the Apostle Paul. We share our story with St. Augustine and Julian of Norwich. We share our story with Desmond Tutu and Pope Francis. We share our story with those who've gone before us in this place. Moses Hogue, Martin Luther King Jr., 
Al Wynn, Mary Nelson Myers, many of the names that we envision sitting in this sacred sanctuary with us, encouraging us, inspiring us. All of our stories, each of our stories are subplots in a much grander narrative, every moment charged with significance as we each contribute our own riffs, our own soliloquies, our own plot twists to the larger epic of God, the Holy Spirit coaxing us along always toward God's greater purposes, greater promises, and greater plans. What we do in God's name as God's people in this spirit-filled life is never in vain. We're accomplishing something that will become in time part of God's new world, new creation. Every act of love, of gratitude, of kindness, every work of art, of music, of beauty inspired by the love of God, every minute spent tutoring a child, every act of care and nurture for another human being, every expression of comfort and support for one's fellow human beings or for the whole creation, every prayer, every spirit-filled teaching that spreads God's love, builds up the church, the community, all of this, all of this finds its way into God's new creation, the redemption of the whole world by God's Spirit. The Holy Spirit is always linking us, our lives, our faithfulness, our journey with the biggest story we can imagine, the coming of God's reign, the redemption of the whole world, The Holy Spirit intends always to be at work with us, around us, through us, often in spite of us. Bold, beautiful, breaking boundaries, focusing us on God's biggest plans for joy and justice. And how much do we need that in these days? So what are the voices shaping you? The powers shaping you? your life shaping us together. It's not meant to be those loud messages from the news cycle. It's not meant to be those noisy tweets. It's not meant to be those tapes that keep playing from our wounded season of life. The voices and powers that intend to shape our lives intend to be those messages from the Holy Spirit that connect us to the work of Jesus and the redemption of the world. You belong to God. Live like it. Once you were lost, now you're found. Do justice, love kindness, walk humbly with God. The Holy Spirit surrounds us so we live in a way that shows it. God comes to help and to heal. Our lives then are about helping and healing. God cares about the less fortunate. Our lives are about the less fortunate, the Holy Spirit blows in to show us that. In story after story, God is about feeding and building up. This is what our life should look like. In every story, Jesus points to the selfless, the generous, the joyful reign of God. The Holy Spirit comes to empower us in that way. We open our hearts, we worship, we pray, We align our lives in faithful community 
even apart. We seek to stay connected. We read scripture. We look for ways to spread God's love and light in our particular lives and together as a community and as the church universal serving in the world. The Spirit shapes all of this. Here's another way to think about it. We're all just humble, weak human beings, a stumbling bag of bones and skin that gets weaker and more saggier as we go along. And yet, and yet, the divine, infinite, eternal, creative forces of the universe, God has breathed life into us. God blows over us, under us, around us, even in our troubled and broken and racist and struggling ways. And God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit, intends to melt us, mold us, fill us, use us so we can be strengthened, so we can be empowered to bring a little more light to the world's darkness, a little more justice to our Society so desperate for it, a little more hope to the mess, and a little more of God's great plans to the here and now. That's how the Spirit is calling us. Perhaps like you and me, we can, when we love each other, when we work together, when we give our hearts and give our lives by God's great and Holy Spirit, we can work with God in the healing and the repairing and the restoring of the world. May it be so. Alleluia. Amen. Let us pray. Holy God, to turn from you is to fall. To turn to you is to rise. To be filled with your spirit, to be shaped by your spirit following Jesus. Well, that is to abide forever. We commit our lives to that way, following Christ our Lord.